Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast here at the Athletic Toronto. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me late at night, deep underneath the Air Canada Centre, Eric Kareen. I know you hate it when I call it deep underneath the Air Canada Centre. We're still very much in the Air, Air Canada Centre. under the surface not... of the street, though. But it's part of the Air Canada Centre. What would you center. call it? In the annals of the... I don't it's, know. It's just like the bottom Like in the entrails? Of the, it's like... It's, we're tucked Isn't in it behind court level that we're at right we now. We are at court level, but we're like tucked in behind, and so court level on, itself is below ground level. If you were on the court, would you say we're deep underneath the Air Canada Center? No. no. So I would say, pass me the rock. I'm okay. putting up these threes. No, you wouldn't. No, you, I wouldn't. You, 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 Get my Andre Roberson on, and yeah. yeah. Um, Eric, we have uh, we have something very important to talk about. Dwayne Casey's continued refusal to play the best player in the NBA postseason by net rating is mind-boggling. Lucas yeah. Noguera, a plus two again tonight in a minute 55, now has a net rating of plus 65 in the playoffs. That's number one, no matter what the minute qualification. Look, I mean... Free baby. He has the length that can match up with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's just pure stubbornness on Casey's part not using him. It's... Uh, a fireable offense. I think we could say that. Yeah. I would, you know, look, Kyle Lowry's back is hurting. Corey Joseph is sick. You could have played Bebe at point guard. You could have played Bebe at center if you wanted Jonas Valanciunas out of the starting point lineup. You, you could Do use Bebe so many different ways. You could just have him out there so his mustache can distract Giannis. And Giannis would be like, what is going on? And as Bebe told me before the game, it's for Pablo. Yes. Yeah. Caso? I don't think so. I think Escobar. <laughs> Um, I know he watches a lot of Narcos. So After the game, uh, Lucas Nogueira was very earnestly asking Norman Powell for advice on how to stay ready. On how to be unbelievably good in Game 5. Yeah. Um, the lead being... Thing. The lead being buried here. Uh, the Raptors won 118-93 at home uh, to take a 3-2 series lead here. For the second game in a row, Norman Powell, and more so than even than in Game 4, I thought here, Norman Powell, just a huge, huge difference maker. Uh, 25 points on just 11 field goal attempts, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, a plus 23 in 34 minutes. Um, we're going to talk kind of pulse of the series stuff, but Norm's performance tonight, how, how impressed were you with, with the way he stepped in here? Basically, he was the, you know, Lowry and DeRozan wore Lowry and DeRozan, which was awesome, but Powell was... One of the best players on the floor on either side. Yeah, and it's funny to think that he was a DNPCD in game two, which was like their best offensive game until Monday night. And uh, he only played garbage time in game one and three. I mean, game one, technically not, I guess not garbage time. Early fourth, they were down double digits, though. But um, He was great. He was great on both ends. Chris Middleton, who was sick, was a virtual non-factor. Uh, the way he's chasing around screens, he got a block from behind tonight on Middleton uh, just by not giving up after being rubbed off on one of those screens. It's just, it's just you know, how you have that much energy at 34 minutes of playoff basketball. I mean, it doesn't, and these are professional athletes. But no, it's a, it's a good point. It's a, uh, both ends. It's you know? something that I talked with Norman Powell about earlier in the year is when he... He had, for a year and a half, basically been in this 
um, bench role in this break glass in case of emergency role where he could come in and just be pure energy and go all out every time he came in. Uh, when DeMar DeRozan missed time and Norman Powell was starting in his place, Norm was great offensively, but he really started to slip on the defensive end. And I asked him about that, and he said that there was an adjustment to um, not only being a bigger part of the offense with the starters and that, you know, that's just a role adjustment, but also from an energy conservation standpoint, how to still be that same guy on the defensive end when you're also, you know, using more than a, a fifth of possessions uh, on the offensive end for 30 plus minutes. So that's something that took him some time. And, you know, when he moved back into his bench role, again, we talked and he said that he was having some trouble um, kind of rediscovering that and fitting back into that role. Well, he doesn't need to rediscover it now because he's in the starting lineup for the foreseeable future. Well, at least for the rest of the series. Uh, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be an interesting question. That's maybe something we should reasonableize after the series. Well, we, let's, let's get there first. Yeah. Yeah, this this podcast could go you, you one of... You noticed Dwayne C- Casey slipping today and say it could be anybody in next series. Yes. And then he immediately said next game because he did not mean to say next series. Um, uh, so, talking about X factors. Yeah. Right now it's been, certainly it's been Norm Powell. And I want to say, like, I wrote about Dwayne Casey tonight who I think deserves a lot of credit for how the last two games have unfolded. And, no. Uh, no? All right. <laughs> That's how it works with coaches. You um, make the right adjustments and, you know, oh, you made it too late. Oh, you yeah. should have made this adjustment too. Yeah. Um, Why is Patrick Patterson still not playing? Uh, but I think a lot of people in my Twitter feed are were screaming after three games, what about Norm Powell? Um, to which I didn't totally agree with. Like, it didn't see like, – like, sure, I could see the scenario in which he would be useful – but I didn't really see them needing like another relentless driver with questionable passing chops as that outlet on the wing, the guy who will attack. He will definitely attack and make quick decisions, but that decision is usually the same thing. Um, <laughs> see, I didn't I didn't but, necessarily think that it wasn't the right move. I just I didn't even basically based on his role in the first three games, before the series in, in our roundtable Raptors Republic, um, I asked everyone who's the X Factor and I was the only person who said Powell. And I was I yeah. said the way Milwaukee overloads the strong side, you know, he's the kind of guy you want on the weak side attacking and you know, even if he's just driving straight into to Giannis's chest, um, you know, that's a useful thing to have there. And then on Middleton at the defensive end, but after three games, I didn't think that was on the table because he had barely yeah. played. You heard Dwayne Casey mentioned the 0.5 rule tonight, yes. uh, which sort of went under the radar as a comment. Uh, I'm assuming, unless you took it any other way, is that it, like within a half second, you want to do something with yes. the ball if you're not Kyle Lowry or yes. DeRozan. Yes. Uh, and he will do that. He yes. Will, he's not... Norman Powell Normally, operates on a .05 yeah. <laughs> second rule. <laughs> he's uh, other than a few times when he's not sharing the floor with both of them, and he will like take the ball back out and, and sort of reset for a drive. He's making quick decisions, and that's helped the offense uh, immeasurably. I would say. Yeah, and defensively, you mentioned the job he did on Middleton. Uh, it's two games in a row now, and it's uh, you know Norman Powell's fast, and that helps with the transition defense. Um, the Bucks. Uh, really limited in, in the fast break. The Raptors actually won the fast break battle in this one. Um, you know, there were some there were some things they could do a little better. Obviously, um, it's a playoff game against a, a pretty good opponent. So there are things they could do better heading into game six. Um, the talk here, actually, I guess we should talk about Kyle Lowry first. Kyle Lowry missed shoot around Hero. with a back with 
a back stiffness. I was about to say with a stiff back. Yeah. Um, he was a, a he stiffness was, of the back. He it was expected a that he would play. Stiffness of the back. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Doctor said he needed a backyotomy. Um, <laughs> off-season backyotomy though. Um, so Lowry uh, didn't go through shoot around. He was called a game time decision by doing Casey before the game. Uh, he played, and he played very well. This was easily his best game of the series. Uh, 36 minutes, he he poured in 16, three and 10 with three steals. Was a plus 29 in. So even with like a shell of Lowry, um, or you know Lowry not at 100% shells, not probably not fair. Uh, the Raptors still couldn't get it going without Lowry, except for there was one. Um, at the end of the third quarter. Yes, they, uh, with a DeRozan-led bench yeah. unit. DeRozan-Powell, Joseph Patterson, Valanciunas, I think, was that group. Something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Kyle Lowry subbed himself out at one point because his back needed quarter. an adjustment. Yeah. Um, uh, man, this was this was a gutty performance from Kyle Lowry, who had not been great to this point in the series. But, like, maybe just trade him anyway? Yeah, trade trade like, Lowry. Trade the guy who is a free agent and not under contract with you yeah, anyway, and who you, whom you yeah. don't have the right to trade. Uh, trade him. Um, yeah, I mean, I've sort of admire. I mean, it's hard not to admire what he does through the regular season, the way he throws his body around. And the second he took a charge <laughs> from Greg Monroe in the first quarter after we hear, oh, Kyle didn't practice, participate in shoot-around today. He has a sore back. That, he just left and got worked on and, and, and left. That seemed to fix yeah. him, uh, the Monroe charge. <laughs> well, uh, he also tried to draw a charge on Giannis in transition later, yeah. and it didn't work, yeah. but... Giannis is pretty hard to draw a charge on. Uh, but yeah, look, oh it's, it's all cl- it's cliche stuff. But when one of your best players is doing that type of thing, uh, I've got to believe there's a carryover. And not only doing that type of thing, but like playing really well, surveying the what the traps that are coming at him really well, and making the right decision, and dribbling underneath the net and finding open three point shooters. Like he had an excellent game in. You know, it's not the Jordan flu game, no. but it's probably the Toronto Raptors equivalent. <laughs> um, sure. Which is fair, <laughs> considering the franchise differences. Um, that's a all-star point guard, you know? That's why you have guys like that. Yeah. This game this game makes it hard for us to do this podcast where normally we're, you know, sorting through a mess and, and trying to talk people down or trying to, you know, find adjustments to, to make the next good move. It, we could just basically go down the list and talk about all the good things that happened in yeah. this game. No, it's uh, uh, nine I, players. I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with good things should happening get, consistently. Should we, should we just stop this podcast? No, 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 no. Um Serge Ibaka was awesome, especially early on. Um, well, where'd he go in the in the second half, Blake? Um, he went to the rim defensively. The Bucks <laughs> were five of twelve uh, at the rim when Abaka was defending, which sounds like an okay mark. That's forty one point seven percent at the rim. That is a ridiculous. Like the Raptors are shooting like fifty coming into this game, are shooting like fifty two percent in that area for the series, and it was it was a concern. It was bad, and, and Abaka is holding the Bucks on. Uh, no player in the postseason has defended more shots at the rim than Serge Ibaka, and he's second only to JaVale McGee in opponent field goal percentage there. Yeah, um, you wrote an excellent piece on The Athletic about it uh, the day before today, which is now, Yesterday. Just now two days ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, once you were hearing this, on Sunday, uh, and... It makes a difference, and if and when, when and if, 
they have to go back to that because the Cleveland lineup maybe oh. needs some other uh, other options. Well, the melted face god awaits and Channing Fry. We just have Jonas Valanciunas uh, guard Kevin Love and have Serge Ibaka at the rim. I don't think that'd be a good idea. No, um, what anyway, uh, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. but Ibaka has you know, and only has to play twenty five minutes because. Jonas has been very good in a completely new role for him, mm-hmm. focusing on a single matchup. Guess what? Uh, completely new role, and if he's on this team next year, probably his role. Wow, well, we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, there, there's a lot still to happen in this series, even before we yes. think ahead to next. Let's get fat and sassy. Yes. Happy on the what, farm. What everybody was doom and gloom after game three. Yes. That also looks good. Very. And here's the thing about the Raptors is they won two game fives to go up 3-2 last year, too. Yes, but did they treat those game sixes like game seven? They are. I went back and I looked, and they uh, they went 2-3 and three last year in postseason games they treated like a game seven. <laughs> they went 2-0 and oh in actual game sevens. Yeah, but they were, they were 2 and three in games they treated like a game seven what other game did they treat like a game seven? game six against the Cavs. okay yeah yes so every game six <laughs> and game seven they yeah. treated every elimination game they treated like a game seven which yeah. i guess makes sense but you know um don't if you look if you don't treat this like a game seven your odds are better than if you do based on recent numbers so <laughs> yeah, they should have said we're just it's just another game we're gonna treat it like a like a game two they haven't like lost a, the game two treat it like a game five. Oh, they lost a game two against the Cavs. Yeah, all the points. Treat it like a game five at home. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is off the rails. Um, another player, one more player to mention who kind of outperformed what's been going on, and it's he's a good talking point for what we normally talk about, I think. Um, Damari Carroll had some very good minutes in this game. I, I have to ask you, Eric, who, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Hard to say. Oh my goodness! The fact that they play that every time he gets a shot it kills me. Among many game ops, among many game ops complaints, that is definitely a top twenty game ops complaint. Oh my goodness! Number one is cowbell. I'm, I can't, (laughs) I can't do it anymore. Um, that's up there. If they pay that, the sheer number of clapping songs is up there for me. Yeah, everybody clap your hands. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, what's the what when they play at the beginning of the games? I can make you clap your hands. Oh yeah, it's like a threat. You'll yeah. clap. Your I can hands. make your hands clap. Yes, you'll clap your hands now. Yeah, need um, more songs about clapping booty cheeks instead of hands. Those songs are always more fun, and no one in the arena knows what, what's what it's talking about. Like Sean Paul, make it clap. Sean like that's not about your hands. <laughs> that's not about your hands. More more songs like that. Um, Damari Carroll was called on by every Raptors fan, many Raptors journalists, including myself, to get yanked from the starting lineup. Um, he really, as I wrote in my story, to call him invisible through the first four games would be fair, unfair, because his mistakes were so glaring. Yeah. Um, he just looked like he didn't belong, and tonight... He, you know, sure, he makes shots, but he's where he's supposed to be. Like, Giannis had a bad first quarter and pretty much didn't miss. One of miss, six, I think. Didn't miss yeah. for the rest of the night or, or damn close. Um, I think he was one of six in the first and 11 of 13 from there. Yeah. Um, By the way, sorry, quick sidebar. Giannis has one of the weirdest box score lines if you're a fan of single game plus minus. He had 30 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, three blocks, and was 
objectively amazing and somehow had a minus 24 game worst. When you play 41 minutes yeah. and 25 point loss, yeah. uh, you usually end up yeah. pretty bad. Don't use that stat on its own as an indictment of a player. Yeah, uh, at least not in single game. Yeah. So stats are good. Single game stats only matter if they're good. Yeah. You gotta throw them out if they're bad. <laughs> um, look, I be I, I don't view this Damari Carroll Renaissance as something that's necessarily sustainable. I think there's been there was a lot to worry about uh, fr- from him over the first four games. But you know, maybe if he doesn't have a good game tonight, then he's not playing twenty two minutes. He's probably yeah. playing twelve minutes. And, and Casey's shown that, right? Yeah. And that's where I think, again, Casey deserves some credit. Maybe he didn't want to completely disrupt the starting five by making multiple changes at the same time, even though that seemed like the thing to do at the time. There seemed like there were two obvious problems. Fix the problems and then deal with the what's left. Um, and he didn't do that. And whether or not this was just a random good game, which I sort of suspect it was, um, he deserves, you know, if you're going to call him out when things don't work out, I think the coach deserves some credit yeah. when things do work out. And I think it was a measured approach that made a very serious change. Like, Jonas Valanciunas had not come off the bench more than six or seven times in his whole career. Only when coming back from injury, yeah, too. Uh, I think, except maybe in, in the first two years yeah. of his career. Uh, but recently, only when coming back from injury. He went away from that, and he kept Carroll, and, uh, you know, all three players who were affected by that mainly, Carroll, uh, Norm Powell, and Jonas Valanciunas, have performed pretty damn well in the interim. Yeah, and Ibaka. uh, And Ibaka, yes. Yeah, um, the thing, so Carroll, and this is the thing, you mentioned that it's it's maybe a one-game blip. Carroll, I thought in the first quarter, he was he was great. His energy early on was such a big part of them getting out to a good start. He was very close though to, you know, the butterfly effect here of getting a quick hook and maybe not seeing the game again because he chased after. We've heard Dwayne Casey talk about a ton how this team doesn't chase offensive rebounds unless you're Jonas Valanciunas, and they have completely punted a huge edge on the offensive glass in this series. They only had five again today. Um, Their offensive rebounding percentage is, I think, the lowest in the playoffs, or at least it was coming into tonight, even though they were a good offensive rebounding team in the season. Carroll ran after, out of the corner, four offensive rebounds before the first timeout in the game, and he grabbed two of them, and on the other two occasions, someone else had to pick Giannis up in transition, and once that was Kyle Lowry who got posted up, and it didn't end up hurting them. Um, but Damari Carroll, if he only gets one of those four, if he gets zero of those four, or Giannis scores on one of the ones he misses, um, you know, Dwayne Casey may have felt very differently about Damari Carroll's game. Uh, calculated, calculated risk. And I think, I think there's something to that, that sometimes when you really want to start with that energy and you want to come out and punch like that, um, maybe you do weigh those risks a little differently. But that could have teetered the other way. Hey, Damari Carroll just wanted to be more aggressive tonight. That was his whole approach. Yeah. And hey, it worked out. And it sure was. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, that, and, you know, when when you run a, a sideline out of bounds play and it is maybe not designed for, but the second option is Damari Carroll shooting a floater from just inside the free throw line. Hey, that's a that's a, a big heat check on it. Does Damari Carroll have it tonight? And Damari <laughs> Carroll had it tonight, I guess. <laughs> um 
was it William Liu who said... If uh, it was overreactionary, it was definitely William Liu. No, uh, I was... Uh, I think it was saying this is going to be the William Blue or the Damari Carroll game, and he's going to score 12 points. Yes. <laughs> and he, he scored exactly 12, 12 points. points. Yeah, he uh, said, oh, yeah, he said it was going to be Terrence Ross's 51 point game, <laughs> but Carroll scored 12. Yeah. Uh, which, Shout out to William Blue. Yeah, checks out. Yeah. Um, so, one other player had a good game, and we'll use this to pivot into game six because the way DeMar DeRozan approached the Bucks defense is the way he approached it in game two which looked like the right way for the raptors to go and then they kind of got away from it uh DeRozan had six assists here he had three secondary assists he had a free throw assist on top of that um so basically he had a hand in 10 made baskets that weren't him scoring he also had 18 points um he was pretty terrific navigating the the attention that the bucks have been giving him here yeah i think it's just another indication of something we talked about earlier i think last week that the um their trapping schemes are perhaps something that can be learned over yes. time. And <laughs> also, though, the lessons you learn apparently can be just completely abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is where I want to pivot to game six is how much faith do you have in the Raptors executing this game plan again? Because this is the best they've looked maybe in a single postseason game with this with this core in the last four years. Oh, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they've ever been in control of a game like this. Yeah, no, like I was... Game three against Indiana last year, they were pretty good. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, it's up there in terms of yes. controlling a game start um, to finish. But they they did some of these things, not to this degree. Twenty eight assists is the fifth most assists in a Raptors postseason game ever. The most um, case. Yes, and fifty seven point seven percent is the best they've ever shot in a playoff game. The entire so franchise. I don't think they'll do that again. No, they won't, <laughs> they, and they're probably not going to hit twelve twenty seven on threes. And Norman Powell probably won't be perfect almost from the floor. Yeah, he probably will. He's pretty quick. Yeah, he's perfect. Um, I don't have much faith. <laughs> they'll, uh, Good. That they'll, you know, treat game seven like or game six like game seven and and win going away. I mean, this is, and that's not to say they can't win. I think, you know, I called Raptors in six before this series. Same. Um, I think they're the better team, and I think they should win. But I think they're not playing Mirza Toledovic nine minutes. Yeah, that's an important. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> Not good. That's what he was. A minus. May. Minus ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, their bench was trash tonight. Yeah. Here's the thing. Their bench, uh, outside of Delavadova and Monroe, and I mean Michael Beasley is my favorite player of all time. <laughs> but uh, those, like, this is not a. Jason Terry poses some offensive problems, but um, I had a conversation with a Raptors staffer. Um, earlier in the in the week and, and he said basically at that end of the floor the Raptors feel like they made Teletovich unplayable they made Spencer Hawes unplayable and the next thing to do was make Jason Terry unplayable and Jason Terry had a very quick appearance in this one mm-hmm. and was unplayable so yeah, it was essentially a seven-man rotation that that kid used yeah. uh, more or less it's funny I said that I said leading into this one that kid couldn't possibly use a rotation tighter than his game five one because he only used seven different lineups um game four you mean Sorry, yeah. Um, and he did. He cut it to basically seven guys. Um, so, in that, I think the Raptors are better than the Bucks. I think they should win game six. In that, I've covered the Raptors for eight or nine years or whatever it is. I think that they'll definitely lose. 
Yes. Uh, so I guess what we need to do then is I can't I can't reasonableize this because it's I it's a personal bias of my own experience that I cannot get out of. So you're gonna have to, but you have the same issues. Yes, <laughs> and plenty more. Yeah. Um, okay. So when I when I called Raptors in six, what I said in the in my brief write up of it was that um, I was giving one game for a Raptors. What the hell was that game? I think that was. Was that game one or game three? I thought it was game one. Um, and then the other game was going to be for just a Giannis game where... Was that, game, that had to be game one. I, that's, so now now it looks like that was game one. <laughs> I, I thought it was the other I thought it was going to be the other way around. But there's still the potential for that Giannis game. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the thing. The Raptors... Because 30 and 9 was not nearly enough. Yes. Um, the Raptors didn't do a great job on Antetokounmpo in this game. Uh, they committed 18 turnovers. And as much as they got back... Um, they got back defensively and they tried. You can't commit 18 turnovers against this team very often. The the Bucks shot. If the Bucks weren't coughing up the ball a ton on their own, yeah. this might have been a different story. The Bucks shot 50. percent They were 10 of 22 on threes. Um, they got to the line 26 times, which matched the Raptors, but they only hit 15 of them. So the Bucks, um, you know, the Bucks did a lot of things. You look at we were coming at a last game and it's like, oh, neither team will shoot this good from three again. Well, the Bucks shot really well here and they did a bunch of other things poorly that they might not do again they might they did look a little rattled at times in game five um so a lot of game six is going to depend on how the how the bucks bounce back and we don't know yeah as Dwayne casey said oh god make or miss league no every game's different it is like uh somebody asked him whether that defensive muck game four was more sustainable than the game two offensive game, and he said, "Every game's different. Yeah, and one's not necessarily more mm-hmm. like they have this game in them. The, they yeah. have a game five type game in them, and they might be able to do it again. And Milwaukee has game three in them. Which guess um, what? What were yeah. we talking about when they acquired PJ Tucker and Serge Ibaka? That it opened up the possibility for them to win both of those types of games yes. because they have the defensive horses. Now. Yeah. By the way, PJ Tucker has been." I thought I annoyed PJ Tucker no, today at shoot around, I and you apologized to him. I did not apologize. I just you talked to him about it. Okay. it. I talked to him about it more. Don't hurt me, PJ. Yes, um, PJ, please, God, <laughs> don't. Um, we had a laugh about it. Oh. It was okay. You had a nervous laugh about it. Yes, and he had a haha. You know I could kill you, right? <laughs> um, anyway, don't ask PJ Tucker when he uh, matches head to toe with his teammate. Don't ask him about it. Yeah. He's, um, he's not a LOL type guy. Yeah. So the Raptors have two days off. Yeah. That is great for Kyle Lowry's back. Yes. Not great for content. No. Um, great for Kyle Lowry's back. Great for um, easing up your travel schedule. Um, also probably good for Malcolm Brogdon's back Um, Malcolm Brogdon missed some time late in the year Mm. I thought he looked a little uncomfortable in game 4 and he definitely looked uncomfortable at shoot around today he was awesome their backcourt shot 8 for 11 from 3 and they lost by 25 points yeah so this is That's this hard. is this is the thing that it comes to. We we look at some of the numbers that stand out, and it's like, oh, they're not gonna, they're unlikely to do that again. Well, one, there are only one, maybe two games left in the series, so nobody is probable to do anything or yeah. to not do anything. Um, the other thing is, you know, 
Maybe Giannis will be even better. Maybe Chris Middleton will be feeling better. But also maybe Malcolm Brogdon won't hit five of seven on threes. Yes, um, all of these things are possible. That was my yeah. favorite thing about about this game, how it went. Last game, I tweeted this, and I've been on this stat, but last game, oh, only yes, the, three, point, three guys who hit three-pointers, and then through 16 minutes, nine players had hit three-pointers in game five. Yes, uh, and we finished with up. 12 different players hitting threes. Really? Yeah, four on the oh, Bucks, Fred eight Van, on the Raptors. Fred Van Vliet. Pumping those stats, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet. Um, great to see these young guys getting some playoff yeah. run. Uh, Send them down to the D-League. Honestly, I don't want to talk about this with someone in earshot, but... Fred Van Vliet should go down to the 905 tomorrow because they need it. And you will be there. Oh, yeah. Covering only if they lose, which is an odd thing for the athletic. I'll be covering for Raptors Public regardless. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that'll be be interesting. Bruno Bruno wants his ring, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. God knows he deserves it. Any other thoughts going into Game Six? Any any concerns? Any tactical shifts you'd like to see? Are we finally going to see Patrick Patterson play a big role in this series? Maybe. Good answer. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Well, it's, uh, like uh, it's, if Carroll is bad, uh, then I think he will play a bigger role. I think yeah. Dwayne Casey landed on the nine guys who should be playing. Yeah, yeah we've basically he... gotten down to where they're maybe 65 to 70 minutes if the game's close over the entire four quarters um 65 to 70 minutes seems to be the number that's we'll say 70 seems to be the number that's getting split between those three guys yeah which i think is reasonable that's you know that's a that's a fair number that's the amount of minutes that are available at small forward plus the amount of minutes that they're playing small and need a small power forward um um yeah, I'm interested to see if Powell's defense on Middleton continues. Tonight, you had the illness that was maybe a mitigating factor. Who knows? Uh, I'm generally interested in Powell, whether he keeps his mojo going and whether there's anything the Bucks. Uh, if you listen to Bucks fans, are very critical of Jason Kidd for being dogmatic about their trapping style. And not willing to come off of it. But like, what, what, do you, what are you going to do? Gonna no, no. Jason Kidd, of course, says we're built to do that. If we don't use our length. Also, we're... the Raptors are built to be defended that way. Yeah. Like, if you're an opponent, Norm Powell's great. But Norm Powell spent the entire season going from starter to not playing. Like, if if a guy with 30 DMPCDs on his record this year is going to beat you, I think they would still prefer that, as good as Powell is, yeah. to opening something I up for, disagree with any of that. for DeRozan to just, drop 40 or Lowry to... It's just like when I was on um, the low post with Zach, um, uh, Zach Lowe, I feel bad. Has I've anyone heard, heard of... Hey, Has listeners, heard if of, you haven't heard of Zach Lowe... Yeah, he's this uh, obscure basketball writer. But like he brought up that like Bucks fans are critical of Jason Kidd and like it blew my mind and that's just because I'm so Raptors focused when I'm covering this series that people could be on on him for this like it seemed like through two games he'd pretty much pressed every button correctly and the thing is he's out of buttons yeah his yeah. next button involves Michael Beasley defending Demar Derozan yeah it's a bad button yeah Don't press that button yeah. um, but I so I guess what I'm interested in is if the Raptors continue to handle the trap like they handled it um, in game five. And again, every game is different, so they might not. But if they do, do they back off at all? I don't think they should. I, I don't think there's... Look, they forced, eight, mid, yeah. they forced 18 turnovers. I don't think middle ground is a good answer there. No. But 
and I think if you do that, you're sort of submitting. Look, they're doing two. They're doing one of the things that they really want to. Two of the things they really want to do. They're getting the ball out of DeRozan and Lowry's hands. They're forcing a lot of turnovers. And then one of the biggest weaknesses of that system is the uh, is your own defensive glass. And the Raptors have basically neutralized that for yeah. them. So the things they're giving up now is if you swing the ball effectively, you, you know the the paint is there. And then you're going to get some three-point looks. And I think, you know, the Bucks. that's five things you're checking off. The Bucks are feel like they're probably checking off three of them. And that's, you know, that's a win for them game to game. And, you know, Powell, Powell goes off for 25 points. Yes, but he's the best player in the NBA. He's very good. Uh, what are you looking for? Anything you're interested in? Um, yeah, I'm interested. I, I really, this seems so simple, but because they've been so inconsistent moving the ball, I'm just, I'm interested to see if that carries forward because... Yeah. You know, if they get away from that completely again, it's going to be really tough to trust moving forward that they can play that style unless, you know, they absolutely have yeah, to. they've and basically done it now for a game and a half. In a yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and look, it, I, was, I was very encouraged by this game because this is the first, and, and we've seen this in other playoff wins that they've had in earlier years too, this is the first game that they kind of, they lost the second quarter, but, like, they were in control for half of that second quarter before that late 9-0 run. Um, this is the first game in a while what that was they've the really. They got to like six or something. Yeah, at some point? if yeah, yeah. Um, they, I don't know. They played four good quarters here, yeah. and that's something that they haven't done often. This seems like ex- an exceptionally low bar, um, but it feels like you know. Look, it, it just feels like a lot of the things that we said early in the series about figuring out how to handle the Bucks defense um, have kind of shown up, and it's just a matter of if they're going to continue it and. You know, it's they. I don't think they'll approach Game Six anticipating Jason Kidd making big changes. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the thing I'm more curious of is if Jason Kidd makes changes. But I, I, um, well, I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking too. But I don't know what move there is other than what yeah. Monroe for McCurr, and you make them start with Jonas. You, you, I don't think you do that. Or, um, so then, look, Makers played what three, three three good games out of the five. Free John Hanson. Yeah, the thing is, I don't. I like John Henson. I like John Henson too, but the I'm thing is, they they, they like Thon Maker, and it's hard to play three centers. They did yeah. it in game one with Spencer Hawes. Um, I don't think Monroe's role is going to go anywhere because, especially when they've been able to get those minutes of Monroe matched up against Ibaka. Not he's that is a bad post no, defender, but, but he damage. he doesn't have the body that Valanciunas has to bang with him, and, and yeah. you know Valanciunas. Last night, even like when their first little run. Their first nine zero run, yeah, until they got Valanciunas in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, during that run, the Raptors missed two wide-open corner threes and another top three from Norm. So that might not, like, randomness happens. Um, but yeah, Greg Monroe's been a big factor. Even here, he was a minus 13. Um, but he, they run, their base offense is that corner offense that has Monroe operating at one of the elbows and, you know, a Della Vadova wing pick going under that to try to free someone for a switch or for a back cut or whatever um that's a big part of what they do so i don't see monroe's yeah. role shrinking that much but maybe maker you know maker played 23 minutes here and he wasn't particularly effective no. um other than poking the ball away from Jonas valanciunas a lot on post-ups yeah, but just throw it into Jonas. i mean he did have that one nasty pump fake and dunk well it serves literally anybody who is shaken by that pump yeah. fake right to get Dunk. Okay, let's end there. One last question. Should Jonas have taken that three? <laughs> no. Uh, it would not have been good for his uh, for his relationship with his coach, I don't think. All right. Uh, no threes for Jonas. Free Bebe. 
uh, continued to continue to keep Norm free. Um, and that's basically it. And when we talk in this space next week, the Raptors season will either be over or they will be one game into a playoff I series with in, the... I might be in Cleveland. Yeah, we'll have to do this over Skype or something. Skype. Yeah. The Raptors will either be down one nothing to Cleveland or their season will be over. Yeah, So there are no other alternatives. Not that I see, really, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we'd have to talk about that series more. That'll essentially be a series preview podcast, I guess, one game in. But oh, this is the Raptors, so not winning a game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can play the Brooklyn Nets and drop game one. Yeah. They have, in fact. Yeah, the current <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. By the way, uh, shout out to Joe Johnson. Just timeless wonder. <laughs> Joe Johnson is the goddamn it's nice best. Nice to see him killing uh, Raptors West over there. Yes. Um, all right, Eric. Thanks so much for this. Thank you, Blake. We'll talk to you guys next week. If only to be. A reasonable man